You're listening to a podcast from Trinity Church Aldgate. Morning Devotions brought to you by Senior Pastor Chris Jolliffe. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you again today. Today, we're finishing off Revelation chapter 20. Some of you will remember that old hymn, um, Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. It's a song really about Christian hope and the pathway that um, believers uh, travel and what they look forward to in getting to heaven. And there's a verse towards the end which talks about um, death of death and hell's destruction. Land me safe on Canaan's side. Um, that, those fra- that phrase, death of death and hell's destruction, that comes from Revelation chapter 20. Uh, let's get into it. Revelation 20, and we'll pick up that phrase in a bit. Okay, so verse 11 to 15. This comes after the destruction of um, um, the false prophet and uh, Satan. Okay, oh, sorry, the false prophet has already been destroyed, but the destruction of Satan. And then in verse 11, we read of the day of judgment. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. Um, There's no other mountain scenery or stars to behold. He fills everything. There is only the throne, only the throne. So previously in other judgment scenes in Revelation, of course, people have tried to hide um, in caves. They'd called on the mountains to come and fall on them. Um, But now there's nothing. It's just the throne. And I saw the dead, great and small, Revelation 20 verse 12, standing before the throne and books were opened. And this is very instructive, intriguing. You've got the dead, great and small. Here is the resurrection of the dead to judgment. Um, You've got books opened. And we think, what are those books? Hang on a moment. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Now, there is hope, isn't it? On the day of judgment, there will be a book of life. Um, Great, great news. (laughs) Okay. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So remember, there's books and then there's the book of life. The books are a record of what we have done, Um, all our actions, all our thoughts, the motivations of our heart. Now, Paul in Romans um, chapter two uh, talks about that on that day, the whole earth will be silenced um, and every every mouth stopped uh, as the world is held accountable to God. So, you know, the atheist castigator of God um, stopped won't have anything to say Uh, the the very uh, self-righteous religious person stopped they won't have anything to say Um, because 
When we're judged according to what we've done as recorded in the books, of course, there are two things that are going to happen. One is we will realise that we all fall short of God's glory on that day. We fall short of God's standards. And this will be clear to everyone. However, there is also evidence of um, a transformed life that will be there. Not that that will outweigh, it's not a system of merits, one thing outweighing the other, but there is evidence that uh, someone has turned to Christ. It will be uh, uh, seen in our lives. Okay. So the dead are judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Verse, Revelation 20, verse 13, the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. So people uh, actually come out of the holding cell in hell, really, to be judged finally, completely. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Judgment in the Bible is always based according to what we've done. It's based according to works. Um, it's fair. Okay. And verse 14. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Death of death and hell's destruction. Death and Hades. Hades is the Greek word for Sheol, the Old Testament word for the place of the dead. Now, you might wonder, what does this mean? That death is thrown into the lake of fire, Hades is thrown into the lake of fire. How can hell be thrown into the lake of fire? What does this mean? Okay, um, that song, Guide Me, Elder, Great Jehovah, looks forward to this time. Death of death and hell's destruction. Land me safe on Canaan's side. Uh, in a few verses, we'll, or tomorrow we'll get to Revelation 21, where uh, John sees a new heavens and a new earth. Um, Canaan side, if you like. They've crossed the Jordan and they're in the promised land. Okay, but what's this death of death and hell's destruction? Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And you think, how can death be put to death? What a nonsense. What does that mean? Well, what that means is that death no longer has effect. That is, um, Death cannot kill anyone else. No more people will die. Okay, Death has been destroyed. And Hades, that waiting place, that holding cell, if you like, uh, for those who will be judged uh, and found wanting and condemned, that will uh, be destroyed. That won't be there anymore. So people will either be in heaven, paradise, the new Jerusalem, uh, new heavens, new earth, or they will face eternal condemnation. Um, but that holding cell, Hades, that's gone. Death has gone. There's no more. So that if you come through this, uh, you won't die. There's no condemnation um, that you face after death, which won't happen. It's gone. Okay, death of death and hell's destruction. And then, verse 15, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire with death and Hades. Now, this poses a bit of a puzzle. We're told that the dead were judged according 
to what they've done as recorded in the books. And yet anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown in the lake of fire. And there's two things going on. We think, how do both things fit together? Um, you've got to have your name in the book of life, but then you've got to get through the judgment of what's in the books. <laughs> okay, the record of your deeds. How do those two fit? I take it that um, the books aren't, as I said, a system of merit. So it's not the case that if you do more good than bad, you know, the scales tip in your balance, you slide into heaven or something like that. Um, rather, the books show evidence of a life that has been transformed because you've accepted Christ. The classic case is in Luke 23, the thief on the cross. Now, if you looked at... Uh, Sorry, if, if judgment was based on a system of merit, well, he, he would have lost. And we know that he would have lost because he himself was convinced of this. He said to Jesus, um, you know, we're getting what our deeds deserve. Uh, we're being punished justly, um, but you are not. <laughs> so here's someone who everyone knew was uh, guilty and worthy of death. He knew that he was guilty and worthy of death. And yet to him, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And we think, how is that possible? Um, well, it's possible because salvation is not based on a system of merit, more good than bad, and you slide into heaven. Um, I take it that when the books are opened in his case, um, what will be seen very clearly is that when no one else had faith, he had faith. When everyone else saw Jesus strung up and being a pitiable person to be condemned, someone cursed by God, um, he saw the king of God's kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom, he said. Staggering, actually. When, um, when the other thief was uh, criticising and, and condemning Jesus and mocking him, this thief stood up for him. He wasn't ashamed of the Son of Man. That is, you can look at his life, just even those moments that we have recorded on the cross, and you see there's evidence of something happening, a life that's beginning to be transformed by Jesus. Uh, it was only moments before he died, but in his life you can look at it and say he was someone who was saved by Jesus. So, um, and his name will be in the book of life. So I don't think there'll be a discrepancy, if, in other words, between the book of life and the books. Okay, the judgment recorded in the books. Um, okay, so I hope that's clear. Now, what do we do with this passage? This is the great and final judgment. Well, it should make us be aware of our deeds. God watches. God sees. He sees the motivations of our hearts. Now, if you're tempted to be frightened or tempted to despair, remember Jesus who died on the cross, the lamb who was slain, who with his blood purchased men and women from every tribe and language and people and nation. He is worthy. He is worthy. Um, he's the saviour. Okay, remember that. But also remember that being part of God's kingdom involves living with Jesus as the king. 
This means that our lives must come under him and increasing. I mean, always the Christian life is one of uh, submitting to Jesus as king, uh, repenting. There are areas of our lives which we discover, which uh, or we're challenged by and we realise we, we have not been acknowledging him as Lord in that area. And we bring our lives in conformity um, under him. Um, this is really important. This is important. The Puritans always thought that uh, the purpose of life now was to prepare for the one to come. And they saw that that meant reformation of every area of life. And they were right. They were right. Um, it's not the case that we are saved by our works. We're only saved through Jesus' death. But we're not saved without them either. There will be evidence that we have lived a life um, responsive to Jesus. Uh, faith, real faith, must work itself out in our lives and in our actions. Um, however, this is a, also a, a passage of great hope. We can only be saved if our names are in the book of life. Now you think, well, God has control of that. He does. However, um, those are in the book of life. They will respond to the gospel. They will respond to God's word. They'll have a soft heart to God. And these are things that we, that involve us and call for our response. So um, respond to God. Um, have a soft heart towards him. Hear his voice. Uh, listen. Amend your life. Be transformed. Come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Um, and then, of course, there's this massive hope. Death of death destruction. It's not the case that life is just cyclical. It's not the case that uh, life just sort of moves on one day at a time and each day will just keep on going. Sorry, days will just keep on going forever. It's not the case. There will come an end. Paul in Acts chapter 17 when he is in Athens said, God has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. So because we know that God rose Jesus from the dead, now we know that there is a fixed date in God's calendar. And the logic is he has risen him from the dead, ascended him to heaven and seated him at his right hand in the position of judge. So since Jesus has risen from the dead, ascended into heaven, we know that judgment will occur. The world will not continue to keep going on as it has been forever and ever. No, no, no. There will come a day when God will call it quits. Why? Because the world will have suffered enough. Uh, sin needs to be put to an end. Death needs to be put to an end. Hades needs to be put to an end. You have to get through that. And that has to stop before there can be a new heavens and a new earth. And that's where God is heading us towards. This isn't the end. Um, there is chapter 21 to follow and praise God for that praise God for that so if you're listening um, then what we must do is think seriously about the day of judgment uh, amend our lives repent but put our faith in Christ and make him Lord and make him Savior let's pray Father in heaven thank you so much that you will judge the world fairly according to what we have done we know that if, our, if we are in the book of life, 
It is only that we have been saved by your grace. We will, will not deserve um, paradise, but by your grace, you choose to include people because Jesus, the Lion of Judah, was the Lamb who was slain. And we praise you for that. We praise you that by his blood, he purchased men and women from every tribe and language and people and nation. And we cling to him and we look to you in hope. And we pray, um, make us ready for that great and final day. Uh, uh, affirm our trust in Christ. May he be our hope, our joy, our peace, our comfort, our assurance, because he truly is Lord and Saviour. We pray this for ourselves, for our families, and for more and more people who we don't know, who may be impacted, we pray, by our lives and by the words we speak as we have opportunity and by our witness. Lord, use us for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook or leave a review or comments either on Facebook or on our website, www.trinity.church forward slash Aldgate.